0: Back in my DCE days, I'd gather the high schoolers together for a study and I'd have them take out their purse and wallet and say, take all the items out, put it in front of you on the table. And I want you to pick the five most important things or the five things in your purse or wallet that you value the most. Then they'd share. And I'd say, now I'll narrow it down to three. And they'd share. And then I'd say, narrow it down to one. What really do we value the most in this world? For our Lord Jesus says... Where your treasure is, there too is your heart. So I'd like to ask you, if your house caught on fire and burned down, if you had time to save five items, I'm not talking living things and pets, they're all safe. Those things that uh, symbolize what you adored, what would you get? Your wedding rings, picture albums, family pictures, heirlooms. What would you get? What would you get that symbolized what you adored the most? What things do you adore the most in this life? And so, today our Lord tells a parable of the shrewd manager. And this is going to take some mental weightlifting. It's going to take a little more thought. And so our Lord tells a parable about a man who's getting older in life, and he's about to lose his job, and he's too old to do physical labor, and he doesn't want to be in the poorhouse, so how am I going to make it? And the man said, well, I know what I'll do. I'll get my boss's accounts and I'll call in everybody who owes my boss money and I'll just reduce what they pay and I'll make friends. And that sounds like a wonderful idea, but there's one problem in the world. Anybody know what we call that? Say it. Say it. Well, let me say it again. I'll get my boss's accounts out and I'll bring in everybody who owes my boss money and I'll simply reduce the amount they owe and I'll have friends. What's that called? Say it. Stealing. Stealing from others. He's stealing from his boss. And that's how you're going to make money. And Jesus tells this parable, and Jesus says this, I wish my disciples were as shrewd as this manager who makes friends for himself. And that sounds rather odd for our Lord to be saying such thing, especially after we heard from Amos about the danger of theft and the selfishness of theft. And so a parable, what's a parable? A parable is an iron fist inside a velvet glove. Oh, no, 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 I-, I thought parables were nice stories for nice children, nice classrooms, nice teachers. No. Whenever Jesus tells a parable, somebody's getting their lunch handed to him. It's an iron fist in a velvet glove. And so our Lord tells a parable, and this parable has a whole lot of meanings to it. Maybe different explanations. What do you mean the employee gets the boss's account and he reduces it, reduces the accounts that various debtors owe the boss? What does that mean? Well, here's one possible explanation. Uh, Jesus seems to be adoring and approving of a shrewd manager who steals from others. And that that would seem rather odd because there's a seventh commandment. What's the seventh commandment? Do Do not steal. That seems rather odd. So let me go ahead and explain it to you. Can you read this with me? I think what Jesus is telling us is this, and here's my illustration. I, I grew up in a Cleveland area, and that was back in the day, there was only four channels. How many remember in your life when you only had what four channels? There's CBS, NBC, and what? And then there's like the public radio station, all the lame shows. You know what I mean? And I grew up in a day and age where there was no clicker. So guess who the clicker was? I'm on channel three, I'm on channel five, I'm on channel eight, and that's back in the day we had an antennas. So everybody remember that? You had ears and maybe put, you put aluminum foil to maybe help. Yeah I, yeah, I see some people smiling. Yeah, I lived back in that day. And Friday night in the Cleveland area used to be the cheesy horror movies. You know, Frankenstein and Dracula and the Swamp Monster and the Steelers are coming to town. And all, there's horror movies, okay? You know, there's all sorts of horror movies. And then in between the commercials and in between the show, uh, there are two comedians. In the Cleveland area, and I don't know if you're familiar with them, Big Chuck and Little John, they did little skits, little funny skits. You follow me so far? So on Friday night when I was in junior high and high school, 11.30, the news got over, and you'd watch the, you know, Dracula, Mary's Frankenstein, or whatever, I don't know. I mean, watch some dumb movie. And then you have Big Chuck and Little John skits. And I remember this skit for many years, and it makes its point. I think it sort of brings out the point of the parable. So follow along here. Okay, um, Big Chuck owns a grocery store, and Little little John's an employee there, he's wearing like the white apron, okay? And and Little John's in the produce section, and this big biker guy comes in. He's about like 6'8", 300 pounds, like really well built. And he comes up to Little John, and he picks up a head of lettuce and goes, would it be possible for me to buy half a head of lettuce? And Little John looks up at him, and he's somewhat intimidated. He goes, well, of course not, but I'm going to ask my boss to make a friend with you, right? And so Little John takes the head of lettuce, And he walks back to the store where the owner, Big Chuck, is. And he doesn't realize it, but the big guy's following him. And so Little John gets to his boss and goes, this big dumb oaf wants to know if he can buy half a head of lettuce. And the big guy's right behind him. And Little John turns around and he realizes he's about to go to the ER. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then he says, and this intelligent, handsome man wants to buy the other half. Okay? (laughs) So he, he thinks at the last second he gets it. Okay? And so I think what our Lord is saying is that maybe in our financial dealings, we can be shrewd like this manager who, who downloaded all the price, prices so that uh, he could find friends. Uh, did, you go to, did you go to the fashion show last week at church? It was from the f- clothes from what? Well, that was a very shrewd way, allowing people to see what we have in the clothes closet and, and, and to, to make money for a very good purpose. And it also helps out those in need. And so the point is, Jesus says this, who can be faithful with very little can also be trusted with much. In other words, dishonest with little can be dishonest with much. And so our Lord calls us, one of the possible explanations of this parable, and here's a payoff, Christians are to be wise in their use of resources no matter how small or great to expand the kingdom of God. That, that last week's fashion show was in the gym, if you watched it. It's just a way for us to be faithful with a little, or to be faithful with much more. That's one possible explanation. Explanation two. Can y'all read that verse with me? Okay. Um, the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and they're sneering at Jesus. Now, now, help me out here. What does the Bible say? Does the Bible say that the mo- that money's the root of all kinds of evil? What does the Bible say? Say it. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so, um, what, what he's getting at is what's most important to us. This is the High Clear Castle in Scotland. Uh, and, and on its doorway, written by the Earl of Carnivon. Never heard of that guy. And I, can't, and I don't speak Celtic very well. A matter of fact, I never heard it. Unc jai servari, which means only one, only one will I serve. So on, on the door of the castle, it's very clear. Whoever is the king, whoever is the queen, when you come in, you're only going to serve them. Uh, and so it's sort of interesting. And what Jesus is getting at is that we can't serve both God and what? Not, not, let, me, let me help you out there a little bit. A better translation is you can't serve both God and mammon. There's a difference between money and mammon. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, we all need money, right? To pay buy gas, which costs more. To get groceries, that costs more. To get electricity which costs more. Never mind, I'll change that. Okay, you all understand that? But we all need money, right? And then we all pay our bills, and at the end of the month, you all there with me? There's what? Extra money left over. That's mammon. That's money I don't need. I already have all my my needs taken care of. Jesus says you can't serve both what? God and mammon. Um, A dumb joke, but uh, Samuel Clemens... Was on a train and he, he was sitting across from a Mormon. And the Mormon told Samuel Clemens that he's married to, to many, many wives. And Samuel Clemens goes, Well, that's sort of odd. You, you can, I, I thought the Bible says you can't have more than one wife. And the Mormon said, no, 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 we can. And the Mormon looked at Samuel Clemens and said, Where in the Bible says I can't have more than one wife? And Samuel Clemens says, No one can serve, no man can serve two masters. Okay, so, anyways, <laughs> sorry about that. Okay. Um, but, anyways, so the payoff for that. Um, the payoff of that is this. And this is what Dr. Martin Luther says. Wealth is a gift from God and a result of a godly worth ethic and godly gifts. And, and what I'm getting at is some people think, well, well if I'm doing quite well, um, wealthy, it must mean that God loves me more. No, um, you have a godly work ethic. You work hard, you work wise, hopefully, honestly, and God blesses you with a lot. Now, Luther is suspect about wealth because wealth can be easily what? I, I worship money. You can't serve two masters. i love the one and despise the other. So what's the payoff? You can't remain neutral about wealth. I'll either exalt money or I'll exalt who? And by the way, exalting money is I exalt the things in this world. I like nice cars. I like nice clothes. I like making myself comfortable. I like nice meals. So, so one possible explanation is this parable is you can't, can't exalt God and money at the same time. It, it, or love money. It just doesn't work. Um, another explanation is what are true riches? Can I ask you, what's the most important thing you have? Your spouse? Your children? Your parents? Your family? Your freedom? Somebody said, well, if I don't have my health, I have nothing. What's the most important thing you have? What is the most important thing we have? Say it. Say it. Heaven and Jesus. Without that, uh, what we have in this earth we just have. And when we die, it's, it's all gone. Jesus is. And that's true riches. True riches is heaven. Uh, Martin Luther once said this, and I can't experience this, says, God gives to some people wealth. Notice I didn't say a work ethic. I said wealth, maybe they inherited. And God gives to other people great faith. And sometimes, very very rarely does he give a people both. And so, true riches are faith. Christ is the end of the law. He came to fulfill the law. He breaks us free from the law. Um, he died and rose for us. For he who knew no sin became sin, that we might have the righteousness of God. And that's a good news. That's a gospel, and that's what matters the most in reality. We are children of light. We, we are called to manage money and wealth and be generous. Um, I, I really don't have a whole lot of money sermons. I'm not a big fan of money sermons. Not... Uh, By the way, we need more money. I'm going to make you feel guilty. And here comes the offering plate. I'm not not a big fan of that. But a pastor one time gave gave a sermon about money. And and there was a person who was very agitated by that. And said, Pastor, I heard your money sermon today. I wish you would preach like Jesus about money. And the pastor looked at the man and said, 54% of what Jesus said had to deal with what? Say it. Do you really want me to preach like Jesus about money? Now, no, it's not about giving money, but it's also about um, managing money. We are called to, to manage money. Um, I, I like to quote Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey says this. What percentage of Americans can go to the bank tomorrow morning and take $5,000 out without getting out a loan? What percentage of Americans could go to the bank tomorrow morning when it opens and get $5,000 without a loan? Can anyone guess? 5%. Manage money. Our Lord calls us to be managed money, to be shrewd managers. The payoff. Examine my heart. What is highly valued among people is detestable by God. Well, Jesus is most important. Money's just a thing. Uh, my money's a thing that 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 I have from God to take care of my needs. We don't worship that. And so, a symmetry. The last explanation this parable is a renewed inward heart from Christ that knows true wealth, the gospel. And how to manage and bless others with earthly lesser wealth. Can everyone read this? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So we use what God has given to bless others. Uh, do you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? Where did he get the bread and fish from? From who? A little boy who brought up his Happy Meal. And he blessed others. Um, my, my daughter, this is when, when she graduated from high school, there's an award assembly, and they're they giving out scholarships. And, and so my, my daughter at East Peoria High School, my youngest daughter, she got a scholarship, a $1,000 scholarship, because she's going to education, and some teachers recommended that for her. And, and, and the gentleman came up, and him and his wife were lifelong educators. And what they did is they, they saved their money... And they they, they set him an endowment and a trust with a little bit of money, and their interest every year they give to a scholarship. And I was very touched by that. Now, somebody would say, "Well, what's a thousand dollars?" But what touched me is that how they used their gifts um, to bless others. How he used his gift to bless others. And I still remember talking to him that him and his wife were lifelong educators, and they just gathered whatever money they have, they put it in an endowment, and it bless others. And I, I wonder how long that couple stayed alive to bless others. Uh, Peter Erickson is, a, is a, a psychologist, and he says this, and I think it fits for us Christians, that when you get to your deathbed and I get to my deathbed, and I know for some of us that seems way off, for others us closer, and we're lying on our deathbed, you know what we're going to think of? We're, we're not going to think about all those great vacations we had. We're not going to think about all the great cars we had. But, but what Erickson says, the vast majority of people on their deathbed think about what they did for others. And I, I, th- I think about that those two educators that, that scraped their funds together, and every year they gave a scholarship. So use whatever gift God has given to you uh, to bless others, and that is true uh, for our lives, for our church and our school. Be shrewd. be wise managers with what God has given to me, God has given to you to bless others. And once again, true riches are the cross. Money is just temporary stuff that's used to bless others. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? My Jesus is my treasure, my life, my health, my wealth, my friend, my love, my pleasure, my joy, my crown, my all, my bliss eternally. Once more than I declare, what is the world to me? And all God's people say. Amen. So, talking about two tre- uh, true treasures, let's bring up a couple people, and one's going to be confirmed, and others going to make an affirmation of faith. We rejoice with that. So, please come forward, Emma and Michelle and Kevin. And so, face me. And so, we, we enjoyed uh, the winter life with God together, and there's a uh, I'm sorry, the summer life with God together There's a fall life with God. So um, we'll go ahead and begin the rite of confirmation. Beloved in the Lord, all authority, Jesus Christ, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely be with you always to the very end of the age. You've been baptized, you've been taught the faith according to the Lord's bidding, the fulfillment of his bidding, we now celebrate with thankful hearts. Rejoicing, confess the faith into which you were baptized, which you yourselves will now confess before the church, Jesus said. Whoever confesses me before men, I'll also confess him before my Father in heaven. But he that desires denies me before men, I'll deny him before my Father in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what, in the name of the Lord, as a minister of this church, I shall now ask you. Do you this day, in the presence of God in this congregation, acknowledge the gifts which God gave you in your baptism? do you renounce the devil in all his works and all his ways do you believe in God the Father Almighty just say yes, yes. we'll continue do you believe in Jesus Christ his only son say yes, yes. let's continue alright again and do you believe in the Holy Spirit say yes, yes. that's okay continue and do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and, and church to suffer all even death rather than fall away from it I do so intend, with the help of God. Um, do you hold the prophetic and a apostolic scriptures to be an inspired word of God and confess the doctrine of Evangelical Lutheran Church, drawn from them as you have learned it and known it from life with God, the small catechism, to be faithful and true? Okay. Do you desire to be a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of this congregation, St. John Lutheran? do. Do you intend faithfully to confirm your life to the divine word, to be faithful in the use of God's word and sacraments, which are his means of grace? And, and in faith, word, and action remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. even to death. Okay. So, Kevin Paul Johnson, God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, give you his Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, of grace and prayer, power and supplication, strength, and sanctification and fear of God. And there's your confirmation verse. I'll read it with for you, okay? John 10, verses 27-28. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them... Um, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Upon this, your profession and your promise, I invite and welcome you to be members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and this congregation, St. John, to share with us in all the gifts our Lord has for his church, live them out continually in his worship and service. Let us pray for the newly confirmed. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great goodness in bringing these your sons and daughters, for Michelle and Kevin, to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, enabling them both with the heart to believe and the mouth to confess His saving name. Grant that bringing forth the fruits of faith may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.